Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Top of the morning to you. God. Can't do accents. I cannot do accents. But what I can do is talk movie sequels. And the next sequel that we're going to be covering in honor of St. Patrick's Day. Our first time dipping our toes into the pool that is Leprechaun. We're going a little bit of a different route. We're going with... Leprechaun Returns, the direct sequel to the original, has Mark Holton in it that came out back in 2018. And for it, I still can't believe that we had the opportunity to do this. We've talked to a Leatherface. We've talked to a Michael Myers. We've talked to Jason. Talked to so many people in the horror genre, but the Leprechaun is one that I've loved over the years. So it was such an honor to talk with Lyndon Porco who took over the role and uh, absolutely nailed it, crushed it. And I love this story, obviously, about the making of this movie, the way they filmed it. He thought it was going to be local. They ended up building the replica of the house in South Africa. So many cool behind-the-scenes stories when it comes to that. But his career, you know, growing up, like he said, as a little person, you know, he loved sports, but he knew it was something that he couldn't do forever. But at this young age, he kind of was into acting. So they were filming in his hometown, uh, you know, right in Winnipeg. He did this little thing for the wonderful world of Disney. And then he was like, you know what? I might like this. And then great stories about working on little man. He was, uh, the body double for Calvin in that movie. He had some cool stories about working with, uh, Marlon and Sean Waynes. And then it just evolves. And he's a kid at this point. You know, he's at like, he's like nine or 10 years old working on little man. And he's still acting, still learning, acting in different parts. But there's a cool transition in his career because he has this very small role as like a body double. I think he said he did like three days on Cult of Chucky. And then flash forward a year later, he's the leprechaun. So he goes from somebody that's a day player to being the leprechaun. And he nails the accent in the interview. And his audition stories are great as well. And uh, he was recently in Nightmare Alley. And if you're a fan of Netflix kids movies, which I am because I have a daughter and no matter what, even if I didn't have a daughter, I probably love this movie as well. But a babysitter's guide to monster hunting. Awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, be sure to check it out. So yeah. So man, this is a fun interview. You're going to enjoy it. Do me a favor before I start the interview, just some homework for you, please. If you're new here, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Please make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. Share, follow, retweet, social media, you know, at sequels only on YouTube. Subscribe there too. Wherever you can find the good, the bad, and the sequel or sequels only, follow us. And then also, exciting news. I helped, uh, if you listen to these interviews before over the years, I've talked about helping uh, actor Larry Hankin, Mr. Heckles on Friends. He was on Seinfeld, Escape from Alcatraz, Home Alone, 200 plus credits. My buddy Larry Hankin finally had his book come out. It's called That Guy, A Cautionary Memoir. So many great stories over the years. It's on Amazon Prime. You can get shipped to you in two days. It would not only support me and support my pal Rat Larry, but man, it's a great book. So many great stories that don't even involve his acting portion of it, like his stand up and improv and even college years before he got to 
his first set in the you know late sixties. Uh, yeah, late sixties is the first time he started acting. Great stories. Uh, I love that man. He's like uh, Uncle Larry. I call him. My daughter calls him that too. But uh, yeah. So that's it. So check that book out. I'll put that in the episode notes. And uh, man, strap in. Another horror icon that I had a chance to chat with. The Leprechaun. Actor Lyndon Porco. Awesome. Great. So Lyndon, uh, yeah. So what I like to do is with these is find out how people started. Like the beginnings of it. Just like any good movie or TV show. There, There's an origin story. So uh, your origin story. Where did you grow up? Uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, Winnipeg, Canada, um, kind of the south side uh, over there. Yeah, it's kind of just, you know, a small little outskirts of the of Winnipeg. Um, and, you know, it's de- definitely a lot bigger when I go home nowadays for Christmas and whatnot. I, I see it kind of all developing, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so uh, it's it's pretty cool to see. Pretty cool to see now, but uh, yeah, back then there wasn't uh, wasn't much to it. It was uh, it was pretty wasn't much to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was pretty simple. I mean, you you could get everything you need and whatnot, but you know, it was it was nice. It was it was it was nice. Yeah, no, things always change, and yeah, it seems like even where I'm at in New Jersey, like all those areas that were like open land or woods, yeah, that maybe not a lot of people went into, but they're like slowly disappearing because of developing. So kind of sad because the animals getting driven out and then deer running all over the highway and stuff True. but uh so True. so growing up at like what age because you started acting like your first credit was like the wonderful world of disney like 2004 so what are you at that point like eight nine ten ish right no i was at that age i think i was actually um that was 2004 you said I don't know. That's what it has on here. But IMDb is like never 100% accurate. Yeah, I think I filmed it when I was like closer to maybe like a six or seven, maybe. Um, oh, okay. Because all I remember doing is sitting on on George Lopez's lap at the time and he was, he was Santa. And I was telling him what I wanted for Christmas. I think I think he was in the Santa costume. Honestly, I was so young, I can barely remember. But they just said... Tell tell them what you want for Christmas. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. Well, Santa, here's what I want. (laughs) If you don't get it to me, no, I'm kidding. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it all kind of started. Well, how did you get to that moment? How did that that moment come? Like, were they filming by you guys? Yeah, they were filming in Winnipeg at the time. They were filming the World of Disney, which is – which is awesome. Um, and I guess they thought I was a cute kid. So they said, Hey, come on down. And we, uh, we've got the perfect uh, opportunity for you. And even like at that age, you know, you don't necessarily know what the heck's going on. And, and yeah. Not, right. So, um, yeah, I kind of just, I guess ever since that point is when it really started to be like, Oh, this is something that I, I kind of enjoy doing. And let's, you know, let's, my parents, you know, I was always avidly into sports and things like that as well. But the fact of it is, is, you know, being a little person, like how long can I actually play sports for? Well, it's, it's not yeah. going to be, it's not going to be for my entire life, although I wish I could. Um, yeah. But, 
Yeah, so they're like, let's put them into, you know, Manitoba Theater for Young People. Let's put them into, you know, some acting classes. Let's do them, just actively do things besides the sports that I do on, you know, a weekend or a weekday or a weeknight or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I was I was decent at it, so I continued to do it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I guess, like, kind of like my first memory of actually, like, Digging deep and, and diving into kind of film and television and whatnot is around the age of, I would say, probably eight years old, where I would be going to this acting class every week, um, you know, studying these lines and, you know, putting on... Um, putting on the scene and I think it was every every month to every two weeks that we were doing scenes or, or new scenes or whatever it was so yeah I think that's kind of when it really hit me of like this is something I really enjoy doing and I think I'm going to continue to to do it as for as long as I possibly can um, and at that point it was honestly just for fun like yeah I wasn't thinking yeah. of it or you know what 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 can I do with it or what can I can I not do with it you know you know where the industry is all that yada 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 bullshit basically <laughs> of you know I was being a kid I was having fun I was just enjoying it so uh, that was that was nice and if I could go back and and relive those moments and just put those moments into you know almost the moments I live today I would I would you know almost remind myself like I am I guess right now to uh so just have fun and enjoy it because that's that's all it is. Like it's it's just about having fun. Yeah, there's a lot more work into it nowadays, but uh, <laughs> a lot more things you got to do and and whatnot, responsibilities and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was around around eight years old when I was just having fun, kicking it and and doing what I uh, what I love to do. So yeah, no, I think you're right when it when it comes to because. Like you said, even at eight years old, even at 18 or 20 or 40 years old, when you're in acting, it's not like you could ever think because no matter what kind of plan you have, it doesn't really matter because there's so many other factors that are involved in an acting career. And like the success rate, I interviewed this uh, actor, Kevin Kilner. He was like at one point when I talked to him, he was on the like the board members for SAG. And he was talking about like the minimal amount of people that could actually live off acting. Because it, it is that hard to do. Yeah. But I think what you said is so true. Like the, the having fun, like having that mindset of being that eight-year-old kid at whatever age. Because that's how you have fun. That's what it is. It's playing. Like mm-hmm. this guy, uh, Peter Jason, who's like a big-time character actor. He told me like that's what he thinks of it as, is playing. And, and, like he was like, when I talked to him, he was like 75 years old. And he's like, well, I got to say, I'm just playing with people. You're going to play your person. I'm going to play my person. And then we're going to go home. And that's what it is. And that's, that's what acting is when anything else gets in the way that can probably ruin it for some people. When there's like egos involved and things yeah. of that nature, but it's so great that, the, that you have that memory at the age of eight. Like that's when it like clicks that you're like, you know, this is something. Did you continue? Like once you started actually uh, like doing film and TV things, did you still do any stage or do you still do it now too? Oh, um, yeah, no, I, I, I it was kind of interesting. Uh, I wish I was never to- told this because um, I think it probably would have benefited me throughout the years as well to do like film and television as well as theater. 
Um, but I was told, and I don't like, I don't even know how I, it stuck with me, but it, it did. But I was told like, if you, you can't do both, you can only choose one. And, and I'm like, now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm thinking, who was that stupid person <laughs> that told me I could only do one of these things? Like, yeah. that doesn't even make any sense nowadays. You know, you can do both. You can, especially when I was younger. Like, I, that's when I, that's kind of what I'm kicking myself at. I'm like, damn, man, like, you should have went and done theater and done all this kind of extra stuff to see, you know, maybe you would have learned a little bit extra here and there and that you could put into your film. Trust me, film and TV is where I, I live and I love. I love, this is, I love the live audience aspect of, of theater and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I might have fallen in love with it more and more if I wasn't told what I was told of you can't you can't do both you have to choose one. Um, but yeah, so I think like looking back on that, I think I would have loved to continue to do more and more theater. Um, as far as the theater kind of goes, my knowledge of it isn't as strong as you know other people and whatnot, which is completely fine. And I could probably learn it and pick it up if I were to choose so. But at the same time, I love film and television so much, and I've invested yeah. so much time into it as well that I you know I know kind of the ins and outs and you know the ways of getting around things and shots and all that kind of stuff, which is what I which is what I absolutely love about the film industry as well. And and it's been nice because I you know been able to watch a lot a lot of film and television throughout my years and um, pick up on certain things that I notice from you know the greats and uh, you know try to you know keep that in the back of my, my mind going further when I'm creating my own things and, and stuff like that so um, yeah I think so like like I said like where it's where it all started was around that six seven eight year mark and then i ended up getting the movie uh little man with the wayne brothers and so yeah so that that was actually like the main kicker to me where it was like this is it this is where you belong yeah. you 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 know I, I i was good at it i was having fun i was spontaneous with things on set i was coming up with some my own things to tell these guys like, Hey, well, what if we did this? Or what if we did that? And that to me is kind of like looking back, it's again, it's like, what the fuck was I doing at eight years old or nine or nine years old or 10 years old at the time telling these magicians of comedy. What about this? Or what about that? Like what? Who am I? I'm just a kid. And at the end of the day, so are they. We are just kids having fun, playing around, figuring out what works. And so, yeah, there was, you know, later on in life and things like that, I, there, there was a there was a point in my life where I was taking this super seriously. And I don't get me wrong, I am taking this very, very seriously as a career. And, and I'm very hard on myself as well, which is good and bad at the same time. But, um, but having this kind of reminder, like, kind of what you're doing to me right now, which is remembering why I'm in this industry and why I love what I love to do. And it's because at the end of the day, it was just an eight-year-old kid sitting around talking with Marlon Wayans and saying, hey, what if we try this or what if we try that? And him saying, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's try that. And then, you know, if it didn't work, it didn't work. But, you know, the fact that they're even possibly listening to a kid is just 
goes to show that, um, you know, we're all kids at the end of the day. Yeah. And they, and then when, when directors are uh, allow other cast members, just some people I talk to, like on both sides of the camera, when you let somebody actually play and be involved and offer something, even if they didn't take what, even if it worked and it got cut, whatever, but no matter what you're bought in yeah. and you're on set and you're like, Oh, you know what? It'd be really cool if I stood up in, in this scene and they're like, all right, cool. Try it. And then, you're like, oh man, this is great. They're let you know. They're letting me play. They're 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 listening to me, and that's something that I think gets under undervalued. I think in this day and age now is, I I think you know if somebody has their a director or producers or whatever have their ideas of you know what they want for a character, I think you know they have every right to do that because they've earned that earned that. But yeah. But at the same time, if if they're what what what. What cha- what changes and what separates the greats are uh, being able to be open and listen to the other people in the room, especially you know the actors and even like um, you know the DOP and 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 whoever necessarily because everybody has they they're there for a reason they're good at what they do so you know let them you know let's chat about it let's see what we can do to make this scene even better than it already is you know um, and that's and that's the kind of dynamic stuff that I like. When, when it when it comes to acting and, and being uh, on set, it's you know the everybody inclusive and, and finding the best possible situation and, and scene and, and creating it, um, which is which is great. And, I mean, and then it comes down to the writing too. Like, there's just so many aspects of this industry that are just over yeah. and overlapping each other, and and then to create this this piece at the end of the day. Uh, and it starts from scene. It goes from you know, it's it's crazy. Like it actually still baffles me what what this <laughs> actually entails and, and, and what. It's like the biggest team sport ever. Yeah. Really, when you think about it, everybody has to play 100%. and do their part for a scene to work. You know, everybody Absolutely. from electrical to boom operators, because yeah. if you can't hear the people, <laughs> the scene's going to get cut. It's yeah. not going to work. So there's so many different things. Yeah. And you want to be ADR in like really big scenes, which you see the worst is when you have to. I know sometimes you have to do that. But uh, so with Little Man, how was that filmed there too? Like oh. Like your first few jobs? Are you yeah, local? No, no, no. So it the um, what you call it? Uh, so the first one with the I, I always remember it as Naughty or Nice because that was the episode. That's what the that's the name of it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it was called. So that was in Winnipeg, and then a little man was actually in Vancouver. So oh, nice. Uh, they flew me down, and I lived um, I lived down here for about five months. Uh, and it was, you know, every day going and, and working on set and, and whatnot. And so, you know, getting treated like absolute gold and that definitely helped me say to myself, you know, (laughs) this is something I might want to do with my life. It's fun. I'm getting treated like absolute royalty. Oh yeah, I don't want that on the lunch menu. No, I don't want that. I want that. What do you want, Lyndon? What do you want? Uh, well, could I get a, could I get a McDonald's? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Somebody goes and gets me a McDonald's, comes back. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Never experienced that in my life. I'm an eight-year-old kid from Winnipeg 
who says, I don't like, like this. We'll get you whatever the heck you want. They bring it back to you within 30 minutes. Like, what do you mean? This is unbelievable. Now, I was lucky. I was, I had some, some great parents who raised me um, and taught me that, you know, uh, about respect and, and everything like that. So they, I never let it, I never took it. I'm not going to say I'm never going to take advantage. But, you know, you, you learn to, to, you know, weave around the, uh, the obstacles and, and kind of get what you, what, what you want, especially when your parents are around and you want some candy and you say to, to the Wayne brothers, hey, by the way, uh, I'm looking for some candy. So then they go to <laughs> you and you bring some stuff back. Oh, that's amazing. So you do that. You're in Vancouver five months. Is that where you're at now? You're in Vancouver? Yeah, I'm in Vancouver. I'm in Vancouver now. It's a good place to be for film. Yes, it's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, weather's great, too, for, especially with my situation being a little person. That was the main reason I moved out here was was yeah. for, um, you know, just accessibility-wise, one with, you know, being, like I said, a little person as well as the film industry as well. Um, it's getting busier and busier, which is which is great. Always busy. I don't know who started the boom, but it was like the mid to late eighties. Everybody I interviewed from Vancouver that started around that time. They never had to go to Hollywood. They like went down to Hollywood or filmed on locations if they needed to. But for the most part, they really don't have to go anywhere because Vancouver is like the perfect stand in for so many cities. Like they filmed uh, a lot of Jason takes Manhattan there in the late eighties. There's like so many movies that, you could plop there and just say, oh, yeah, this is New York or this is St. Louis. Like, Absolutely. they can do that so perfectly with that city. Yeah, it's great. They've got a lot of areas, like you said, a lot of areas of the city where they it kind of changes the look of look of Vancouver and whatnot. So it's 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 pretty pretty awesome for that, for sure. So after the Waynes Brothers, uh, little man, everything's uh, back to normal. No telling people McDonald's yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. everything like that. So what was your next steps after that? Was it people know who you are now because you know you worked on set with them? Is right because within like the same year you had a you had a role on something you did a voice a voice role. Oh yeah, so that actually that actually happened because of little. Man. Um, the uh the Wayne brothers were doing a um an animated series, and they oh, asked cool. me to be a part of an episode of that animated series as well. So that actually happened while I was filming, um, um nice. on a weekend or a day off or whatever it was. They they had me come into their studio and and record for this uh for this TV show that they did this animated TV show, which was pretty pretty awesome for them to you know think of me for that just by. Uh, meeting me and for little man and, and, and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, it was, that was, uh, you know, an experience that again, I'll, I'll never forget. And it, it just, uh, that's, that's kind of what this industry is, you know, and it, it's, it's tough for people who are not necessarily in it all the time to, you know, sometimes wrap their head around certain things as far as like when they say it's about who, you know, it's really about who you know, and it's, it's and that's tough. It's, and that's tough as somebody you know, especially you know, moving here, you know, 
when I, you know, even like six years ago when I moved here, it was, it was tough because I didn't necessarily know anybody. didn't have too many, you know, friends. All my buddies were back home and all that kind of stuff. But I was lucky. I got into a great studio that I still go to right now. No, oh, nice. It's uh, Deb Podowski's studio, acting studio. She's absolutely amazing. Probably the top, if you know, the top, one, of, one of my top acting coaches I've ever had. And so I, I absolutely love her. So and she and she keeps, uh, you know, teaching new things. Um, and, you know, reminding me of, uh, of you know, sometimes even the back to basics stuff and and whatnot. Like it's it's all about just. Keep progressing and, and trying to get better, but at the end of the day, let's let's have fun and let's you know, let's just create. So that's 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 been nice. Yeah, no, it's 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 important, especially when you're new to a city, to find like your comfort. Like me and my wife moved to from Jersey, but we uh, we're born and raised here, but we moved out to Portland, Oregon for a few years. Yeah. And while we were out there, we really didn't know anybody. We like we knew people that we worked with and stuff, but uh, like I joined an improv. I did improv classes and it was cool. Like every week there was like this little tiny, tiny group of other weirdos yeah. doing this for an hour, making stuff up. And uh, no, it's good to, to have that little home base, even though when you're on set, you're doing movies, you're doing shows. And then when you're back home, at least you could still keep practicing your craft because 100%. it's the only way you're ever going to get better by keep doing it over and over again. So, so now I'm fascinated. So, so you're doing all these roles afterwards, like like there's short films like Bunky Blum and The Talking Train, yeah. Very Larry Christmas, uh, a couple episodes on Sunnyside, The Pinkertons. And then it seems like that, like when you did Cult of Chucky, like right around that time is when you moved down there. Yeah. So it was it was funny because um, I think I was here for maybe only even like a year at Cult when I got uh, when I got called to Chucky, I was only here for maybe a year to maybe even less than a year, and it's hilarious. Everybody says you know they move away from the location that they were grew grew up, and they get a job in the location they grew up. The first thing they do is get a job back at home, and it's 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 true. It, it was it's hilarious. Um, and the, and the fact that it was, you know, called the Chucky was even more crazy, you know what I mean? Um, it, I was, I didn't, I never grew up personally watching horror movies because my friends know I am scared shitless of horror. I am scared. I will go to the movie theaters with the, my hood up and my hood down and it, you, I, I, I just disliked, I just disliked it because I didn't like getting scared. Nowadays, I'm getting a little older. I can handle it. I know kind of what goes into it. I hope, you know, I've, I've done a couple of horror things now. Yeah, yeah. I should know what to expect and what, what's kind of coming. So um, when they don't get me nowadays, I'm like, oh, that was freaking good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is funny. It'd be, it'd be great if you left your hometown. You're like, good riddance. I'm never going to see you people again. Oh, yeah. And then. One week later, you're on set for five weeks. Hey, come back down. Come on down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was really cool. I was only even on set for a really, really small time. 
um, for, for Kaltachucky because they needed me for like the body double parts and, and whatnot. I don't really even know what they necessarily used um, in the actual film. I mean, and there's certain things that, you know, I could probably see and be like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I watched it and I was like, that, 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 that kind of looks like it. But I, I honestly don't even don't even know it. You know, it's, it's hard to tell, basically, which is a good thing. Yeah. That means they freaking killed it. But, you know, they edited it, right? So... <laughs> But it was, it was just, that was a really cool experience. I mean, one story um, that I always tell is is about um, Don Mancini at, at lunch. And, uh, you know, we were kind of sitting around, all of us actors, and, and having lunch and, and whatnot. And Don gets his lunch. And you know how there's usually, like, the producer table or, or whatever it is. Um, sorry, I'm going to wait for whoever's honking outside to just be quiet because it's really rude of them to do that, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, how dare they? How dare they do that? No, um, anyways. So, the director, producer have their table and they like to chat and, and, and whatnot. And Don grabs his lunch and, and comes and sits right with us. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm just, I'm kind of baffled at this point. I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Like, hello? Like, you're sitting with, with us? Like, you're going you're gonna to sit there and, and eat with, with us. There's, you know, you, the, the producer and the DOP are right there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of just, like, looking at him and looking at, at them and looking at him and looking at them. And it was, and he just sat there, ate his lunch with us, chatted, had a great conversation. Like, it, it was, but to me, I'm just thinking, what the heck is this? And that was when I knew that Chucky was an immediate family. Obviously, a lot of these people have worked with each other multiple times with Chuck, with uh, especially because you know there was called the Chucky, and that that's the only one that I was on. So I'm um, seeing that was was pretty um, something that that I'll always remember. With I was thinking, like, damn, that's that's what that's what this is. This business is about is, you know, the director coming and sitting with us and whoever is sitting with anybody. And there's, because there's always, there is those kind of stereotypes when you, for lunch of like, you can't sit here, you can't sit there, you know, these people sit with these people. Like, it was kind of, it's kind of like back. It's high school. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. high school and back in, you know, <laughs> these are the popular kids, these are this kids, and these are that. It's like, oh, shush. Like, it's, we're all, like you said, we're all on the same team trying to accomplish the same goal, which is to create the best possible thing that we possibly can. And so that was absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget about that in my life. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, lunch is important. Like when I talked to an actress, Jeffrey Weissman, he was in a Clint Eastwood movie and they were filming like in the middle of nowhere. Like it was like a very small set and like they all eat dinner together and like Clint Eastwood sat at the table with like all the actors, whether it had been like yeah. the, the second lead or like the guy, cowboy number four. He was like sitting with everyone. And then like in other sense, even though I love Charles Bronson, but when they were like filming like the death wish movies during the third one, it was like a small crew, like ate the really good food catered like really nicely catered lunch. And then the rest got like subs and like pizza and stuff like that. So 
No, it is interesting that you say that, and that's why those movies work, and that's why Don's yeah. still doing it, yeah, and still like crushing it because that I think that show already got renewed. For season three. I think I don't even think the first. I yeah, I don't even think the episode of the new season aired yet before Sci-Fi Channel watched it and was like, oh, "This is amazing," and then they re and then they re-upped it again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's awesome to see how great he's doing with the with the TV show now. And they actually film it, I think, actually in Toronto, which is which is awesome. And they got another, uh, they got a little uh, little kid, um, a little person to to be like kind of Chucky's body double for that as well, which is which is awesome, and, and that's that's awesome to see. So, yeah. So now the cool thing is, is you're in a role, and like you said, you were there for like a, a few days. You're you're just like a body double. Yeah. And then in a year, how does Leprechaun Returns come to be? That's a huge thing yeah no um that uh it, it was a very interesting kind of process that that happened with with leprechaun um now now it's it's jogging my memory a little ways back a little ways back it's been like 2018 it's been it's 2023 now so like five years almost yeah holy shit um <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy uh yeah so so we started obviously the audition process was i think it was in 20 we started filming in 2018 yes we filmed it did you know what you were auditioning for like from the beginning yeah yeah i knew what I, oh you did okay i knew what i was auditioning for which is well i mean i kind of had to be right I, I, in in the sense that like he's 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 got to have an Irish accent. He's got to be. That's true. Yeah. yeah. He's, you know, it was, it was the leprechaun. Uh, yeah. So I was auditioning at the, at the beginning of 2017. If I do not, if I remember correctly. Um, so I sent my tape in and I was like, damn, oh, I felt good. That was, uh, I, I like that. I was, I really enjoyed that. Okay. Sounds good. Let's, let's just wait and see what happens. Um, <laughs> so I didn't hear anything for, um, you know, usually, especially with movies and stuff, you can take about like even like a month in order to get to find out what's going on with it. So a month went by and I reached out to my agent and I said, Hey, you know, just checking to see, have you heard anything about that audition? Da, 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 da. It's like, yeah, no, they really like you. Um, have, they don't know necessarily anything just yet. Uh, but I'll keep you posted if I hear anything. I said, okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. So I didn't hear anything for a little while, or even after that, like even a couple of more months, like the two, three more months. Um, and I finally reached out. I'm like, okay, so is this thing happening? Like, what's going on? Like, I thought I really did a great job. You know, did they, I, you know, what's going on? And he says, yeah, so there's actually been a, a change in casting directors. Uh, so they're trying to get a new one right now. Uh, all this kind of stuff and whatever. So. Said, oh, okay, sounds good. Yeah. Which happens, right? You know, if if a project is taking a little time to cast, per se, then they'll you know some type of cast directors will be like, hey, by the way, like I'm I got this other project that's ready to go. I'm going to do this. If you still need me, I'll come back to you. Da, 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 which is fine. Which is great. Makes makes sense. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, didn't hear anything for another while, and then it was like literally. I think it was at the big like closer to the like the beginning of 2017 where i first submitted it and then it was around november or october 
where I got the notification from my agent saying, hey, they really like you. They want to do a Skype audition. Let's. They want to set that up next week. And I said, what? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I haven't heard anything in so long, and you're telling me now they want to do a Skype audition? So I'm thinking, I'm kind of, you know, in that moment, I'm kind of thinking, oh, crap. Got to remember the accent. I'm a wee little bit of a leprechaun. I'm a wee, I'm just, just talking to myself. Just a wee little bit of a leprechaun. I'm just a wee little bit of a leprechaun. You know, and just, and then I'm like, okay, sounds great. Do they want me to do a new scene, or am I doing the same scene I already did? They said, same scene. I said, fuck yeah, let's go. I don't need to learn the new accent. I don't need to learn the accent with some new lines. This is amazing. This is awesome. So luckily, uh, I have a, a decent memory, which I'm thankful for when it comes to, I can pick up stuff that I've already memorized pretty quickly. So I, you know, took a couple of leads at it, uh, and and immediately had it again right away, which was which was awesome. So uh, I ended up going to Deb Podowski's acting studio, and she helped me with the in person Skype audition. Uh, so we did it a couple of times, and ran it a couple of times um, before to make sure I had it all kind of down, and then it was go time and. Turn on the Skype, say how you doing, yada yada yada. This is nice to meet you. And so they said, okay, yeah, we just, just want to see it, you know, see what you got, and go from there. So we end up doing it the first time, and they they like to like you know like a podcast does. They record the 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 audition so they can obviously watch it back later. So they did that, and after they did that, they all said, great, that's awesome, sounds good. And luckily, they checked the recording, and it wasn't the record, they recorded, not me, but they recorded themselves reacting to me. <laughs> so that was absolutely hilarious, and they said, hey, uh, Lyndon, uh, so we screwed up. We recorded ourselves instead of recording you. Can we please do the uh, do the audition again i said well yeah absolutely again i'm thinking I'm, and i'm thinking oh god i gotta do that all over again i gotta make sure I all those points i gotta make sure i do this that at this time and this and i'm like holy shit i'm like okay yeah 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 sounds good sounds good so end up doing it but at one point uh i kind of had a bit of a freezing like a, a freezing moment where i forgot a bit of a line or something like that and my acting coach in the back of the room was still there because she was reading for me. And she kind of gave me a hint of what the line is. And so they never saw it. But I saw this and I'm thinking, fuck yeah, Deb, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> after after it was done, I was like, thank you for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even know if she, like, obviously she is aware that she did that. But I mean, that's something that I'll never forget as well. Is like that's so and cool. that happens all the time in auditions too. Somebody, especially with tapes nowadays, you know, the, um, for callbacks and stuff. If, if you if you got a great scene partner leader with you and you kind of forgetting some stuff, they'll just they'll just feed you. They'll just feed you those those uh, those details and whatnot, which is awesome. But that's kind of how I got uh, Leprechaun was. Uh, 
Was it right after that? It was like within. So yeah. So then it was, it was like October, November happened. And then there was December. Um, and it was coming up to me going back home for Christmas. And I got the call right around like December, almost um, uh, December 18th or something like that. Like I can't, I don't know why that, that rings a bell to me. But it does. Whether and that might actually be the release date of when it was actually released the following year. But anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> Useless information in my head. Uh, uh, but anyways, it was right before I went home for Christmas, so it was it was awesome to tell my immediate family. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm gonna be the leprechaun. Which was, oh, I couldn't even tell them I was a leprechaun. I had to t- literally say, yeah, I got a go, I got a, I got a job. And by the way, I'm flying to South Africa for this job. I told my fa- my mom and dad, and obviously, and whatnot. But even like, I don't even know who else I told, but very little people. I just, cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to risk, I didn't want to risk losing the job if I told, you know, if it got leaked that they were making another one and whatnot. So um, I played it very close to the chest. Smart. So South Africa is where that was filmed. Yeah, I was filmed in South Africa. It was crazy. Uh, so cool. yeah. Anyways, they were they were talking about it, and they're like, "Yeah, we I think we're gonna film in uh, film it in Toronto." Da 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 da. I was like, "Oh yeah, sounds good. Awesome, sweet." Oh, by the way, we just finished filming this show out in South Africa. We got all the people we need. Why don't we just go film this out there? Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Ended up building the actual house, like a replica of the house that was in the first film. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to this part. They ended up blowing the freaking house up at the very end of the movie. Like blowing, like we filmed inside of this place and then they ended up blowing it. Like an actual, like I can't even believe it still to this day. But that was one of the single handedly most epic things because we weren't able to be on set when they blew it up, obviously, for health risks and precautions and all that kind of stuff. But going back and watching it and seeing the house just literally on fire when we drove up there afterwards was amazing. Like, just, it was so cool. Because there's one point, and they have it actually in the film, where a piece of wood comes flying towards the camera and hits the camera. Well, not hits the camera, but hits the... Um, so they had this like shield right in front of the camera and this piece of wood yeah. flying in and like smacks and hits the shield that was blocking the camera. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> damn. So that was, that was awesome. I mean, the whole experience in South Africa is something that, again, like these are all, um, you know, things that I will remember till, you know, the day I die. Right. Like these are just experiences, uh, uh, brought to you by being in this industry um and, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things uh as well I, you know i was thinking you know, at that period of time like okay this is it i'm gonna you know i'm gonna go start do another one another one another one another one. what's well, necessarily like that you know it's it's not it's not this business is really hard like you said there's so many people in it and trying to make it um you know i was lucky i was a part of some two pretty big franchises um, and I can say I learned a lot from that and and you know the people there and, and 
whatnot. It was it was absolutely amazing. So it's just these are all memories and things that I'll never forget and uh, that I'll cherish, uh, you know, till the day that I die. And it's, it's been it's been a pretty crazy ride, and, and just hope it continues. Yeah, no, I I think it's such a good movie. I think I love that they brought Mark Holton back. That was he's a he's a character man. Oh my god, love that guy. I want to interview him. I'm like, really? He reached out to me because I interviewed his buddy Stuart uh, Fracken. Yeah, because they worked with each other on Team Wolf Two. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, Mark's just one of those guys. Like the movies he was in are such staples for my childhood. But here's one thing I I want to mention. I kind of alluded to it before I started recording, but it's so hard what you did in this movie, and here's why: because you speak. And in all the other slashers, horror genres, like obviously there's some to be Jason. There's like an embodiment to the character, yeah. the way you move, like the way Kane Hodder does it is like legendary, but he doesn't have to speak. There's no voice that he's trying to do. And that's like why it's sort of impossible to be Robert Englund and do Freddie because of what he did with that character. But I have to say, no, no joke, Lyndon, you nailed it. It's, it just sounds so good. Like, and just the way your character moves and just the choices that you made, it is such a good sequel. And one thing I have to say is, is for being a sci-fi movie, because sometimes sci-fi movies look like there's not much into them. Not, not nowadays because it's different the way filming is. Mm -hmm. I would say like that nineties, two thousands, they sort of looked a lot different than another movie. Just like maybe the cameras they use, but it's like a good looking movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's a really good movie. Thank you. And you crushed it, man. Thank you so much. I, I can't thank you enough for saying that. I really appreciate that. I mean, and that, like what you were saying though, that goes, that goes to, you know, Stephen Kostansky and, uh, oh yeah. And Graham and, and they, cause they created and the whole, the whole team that they had as well as, as well as everybody else on set and, and who helped create this film. Um, you know the prosthetics and stuff like all that stuff with the with the kills yeah. all that kind of stuff is is that's realistically that's the that's the kicker of the film that's what makes or breaks the film and they did a lot of the practical stuff with that which i think in a especially when it comes to horror is is and the fans really love it the fans really appreciate it they know what it takes to put into it um and they really absolutely pun intended killed it Yes, they did. How long did your makeup take? So my makeup took uh, the first day that they tried was actually the screen test as well as the trailer for the the film. So the first time they put the prosthetics on was the trailer as well as the screen test, which is funny that they did that as well. Uh, I've always got a kick out of that. (laughs) And that took seven hours the first time it took seven hours and i was i was thinking to myself at that time like damn seven hours every day oh okay yeah i gotta mentally prepare myself for this gotta mentally prepare myself for this anyways they were great they got it down to about three hours every day which was awesome and you know that was nicola and graham as well that they just you know it was such a pleasure working with them every single day uh as soon as i you know got into the trailer started blasting some tunes chatting just having a good time 
and it was a dull moment. It was just, it was, it was fantastic. I would, and I really hope that, you know, if we end up doing another one, I would, one, I would love to be a part of it, you know, even further than, uh, than just being the leprechaun, but also, uh, you know, some, maybe even some ideas and, and that kind of stuff like that. I would love to kind of be involved in it even more and more, um, that way. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a pleasure working with those, with those people. So I hope we get to do it. I really do. Oh, dude, I hope so too. Did you have any lines that you were able to like ad lib or improv like in the, that made it to the movie? Uh, no, I didn't really ad lib with this one just because of, um, because of the accent. It was, that's true. Yeah. It was it, every, every word, every syllable you have to, when it's not your normal language. Yeah. It was a little tougher for sure. Um, and that's again, why I kind of would love to be involved in a little bit more of in the uh, next one is so I can put a little bit of my own kind of twang to it as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that was, I kind of skept, uh, kept to the, uh, to the script for, for the most of it. I mean, and it was a very, uh, very well written script as well, just from from getting it the first time to even some of the changes that, you know, happened while we were on set with some, some other dialogues to make it make more sense or with whatever with, especially because, you know, the way things are, you know, some things didn't necessarily make sense to have here or there or whatever it was. So, um, but it was a it was an awesome script right from the get go, and uh, yeah, yeah. I hope I get to do a little bit more with that character. That's for sure. I hope so too. Do you keep in touch with the director or any of the writers? I'm sure they would want to do another one. It's a good movie. Like usually, when the sequels are good, especially for for anything, if a movie works and people like it, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't do another one. Yes, yeah. you know. I don't know. I really don't know. COVID could have put a damper on that. You never know. There could have been something in the works. We're going to think the movie was only out like probably two years, less than two years. And then that hit and everything shut down. So it might've been in that pile to do something. And then you never know. I I hope so. I hope so too. I hope so. Yeah. And then from there, you like worked on some really cool stuff. Like my daughter, she like when I was a kid, we were talking about it before, sort of like you were scared of horror movies. At a young age, I had a, I had an older neighbor who's four years older than me, so he showed me like Nightmare on Elm Street at the age of six. Oh wow! So I didn't sleep for like two days, yeah. and like I wouldn't tell my parents why. And and but but the reason I love horror, just like every other genre, drama, comedy, it evokes some sort of emotion that yeah. you're like never going to feel in life. Like there's going to be very rare chances that you're going to feel like what you feel watching a horror movie or watching like a dramatic movie because you're never going to be in most of those situations. But mm-hmm. my daughter loves scary things. Yeah. So I find her like things that are appropriate and like they're obviously not horror stuff, but like kids, horror kids, Halloween mm-hmm. stuff. And she loved the babysitter's guide to monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie was so cool. Yeah, that was that was an awesome movie to be a part of. And it was like unexpected because I didn't know about it. Yeah. And I don't know. We're just we're like, hey, let's check this out. And it was just so cool. Netflix really crushes it with some of these movies. Yeah, they do. That movie was great. They they appease they appease to um, some some uh, like especially like that kind of audience of like kids, but a lot of the kid stuff I find for for Netflix, um, they've been doing really a really great job of that. as of recently, which is, which is awesome to see. And that was, again, like such a pleasure 
um, to work with everyone on that. And then the fact that I got to, you know, work side by side with, you know, Tom Felton as well, which I grew up watching yeah. Harry Potter. Like, that's just amazing, you know? And, and I even remember, like, I had a couple of lines that I had to say to the guy for the first time. And I fucking screwed him up because I'm like, I was, I was nervous. I'm like, dude, what am I? I'm talking to freaking, talking to him. I'm talking to Draco Malfoy right now. No, no, but like, those are certain things that are just, those are, those are, really cool things that ha- that have happened and um and yeah it was it was it was awesome working with him he's he's a super really nice guy as well like I, i've i've been pretty lucky that and i can say that i've worked with some pretty uh, awesome as well as just very nice human beings in, in this industry and so um that goes that just goes to show like and, and it rubs off you know especially on me in the way that i would that i want to treat other people, you know, in this industry, when I, when I get to that point uh, of being, um, you know, the lead of of, of of other things and whatnot, so it's it's just awesome to see when, when you know when you see these huge people and the way they act and, and whatnot. Yeah, it makes you feel like okay, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, because I don't want it to change me. Because obviously, some people are like that, but most of the time, people that are like that they're really always like that deep down inside. Yeah. They don't follow like the golden rule, but like you said, you had parents that, you know, kept you grounded, taught you like the respect in those things. And yeah. those things are, they stick with you forever. Like those formidable years are so key. My wife's a teacher yeah. and she talks to the parents at back to school night and she knows why the kids are, it's very rare. Like that. There's like that disconnect that the parents are like total a-holes. And then the, 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 the kids are like the nicest kids in the world. That's like a movie trope. Like the kid that has the evil parents yeah. and he's like the nicest kid in the world. Usually they go, they go side, you know, they go, uh, they go with each other, yeah. but yeah. So no, it's so cool. That movie. I love that movie. And I thought it was so cool because I didn't watch a trailer. I just watched it and it was just special effects are great. The story was great. Mm-hmm. And like great action. Like that's one thing with kids movies nowadays, just some really cool action, whether it be like an animated one, like Mitchell's versus the machines, like these cool animated movies. You're like, Oh my God, there's like some cool action in this yeah. movie. But from there you like nightmare alley. Yeah. Like talk about like working with directors and people that I'm sure you admired over the years. That's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. No, that was, that's pretty awesome. When I got to, when I ended up getting the part for that, because obviously I didn't have any idea what it was for. Um, so uh, when I ended up getting the part, uh, they told me kind of what it was for, and I, I so obviously immediately looked it up on IMDb Pro and <laughs> fiddled around, and I was like, Dad, Dad, <laughs> this, this movie I just got, yeah, I'm an acting opposite Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? I don't understand. This is absolutely unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, so that was again. That was another process um, of you know learning and and whatnot. Um, and with and that was during COVID as well when they were filming it. So they when I went there. I had to isolate for three to five days, I think, in my room. Um, as soon as I got there off the plane, 
And then they started taking tests. And I was kind of like, especially at that point, I didn't want to risk anything in order to like, if I ended up getting it. So I wasn't, I wasn't even, even after the isolation days, I wasn't going outside. I was just ordering yeah. in my room, this kind of, all this kind of stuff. I just didn't want to take the chance of getting anyone else sick, especially, you know, these big players on set and whatnot. Um, so I, I just kind of kept to myself and, and waited till, you know, basically they called my name for the, for the day I was shooting. And I was there for, I mean, gosh, I was, because they ended up pushing it back because they had some weather issues the day that we, they were originally trying to film. Um, and I think I was there for like, maybe like two weeks to, uh, like in Toronto at a, at a hotel for like two weeks, which is, which is crazy for only a day player on set. When, you know, like that just goes to show how much freaking money this, this production had. Fucking <laughs> ridiculous! A day player, you fly them in, and then he's there for two weeks. Like it's crazy. Um, but it was <laughs> so. So yeah, I was I was doing that, and that was tough. It, it, staying in my room and not doing anything during that time, um, based on the fact that I just didn't want to take the risk of it, which I'm very proud of myself for doing. But looking back on it now, I'm thinking, Lyndon, you just should have just went out and did a few things around Toronto. Like, how often are you, are you going to be there? You know what I mean? Then it was time to be on set and fittings and all that kind of stuff. That was an awesome experience. Great working with those people as well. And it was just a really, really small scene that they ended up filming. And it's the, you know, one of the last scene basically of the entire film of him walking towards the the new, um, you know, circus, um, and, and so, uh, yeah, they said to the other people that were, uh, the actors there with me as well, uh, Bill Toro said, you know, yeah, you know, get your makeup off, da 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 da, da. feel free to come back and just hang out, and what? oh, okay, <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice to hang out with some of these amazing, this amazing talented cast. Um, I was surprised that the pe- other people who were on set with me didn't come back. They just, they just went home, I guess. But I mean, I was thinking, I'm going to hang out. I don't care. He said, he said that that it's okay. I don't, whether he was lying or not, doesn't matter to me. I'm going to hang out. You know what I mean? And just seeing, just seeing his. His presence on set and what he paid attention to, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, let's let's be honest. The amount of talent that was on set. How much directing are we really doing? Like real, like not to be honest, right? You're not, you know. No, I know. You're not really directing unless there's a certain part where you know he he didn't necessarily like this or like that. I'm sure he would tell tell these people like, hey, well, what if we try this or what if we try this? You're basically just there saying, figuring out all the other extra details that he puts yeah. in the scene to be there and in the right place. Like I noticed stuff for like for background and stuff like that, when there was a certain shot that, um, that was happening. There was, it was just a be- absolutely beautiful shot just to watch it even on the day. But it was like, he was, he was worried about some stuff in the background. Like that's just unheard of. Yeah. As a director. Like, yeah. Some people are really like into the continuity of a scene. 
to make sure, oh, that lady's drink was halfway. Because they have people that do that on set, but some directors are so good about that because it bothers them probably when they watch other movies and like, hey, that guy's cigarette was uh, almost uh, at the edge. Yeah. Why is he got a full cigarette again? But I love that you stayed. And I think that's just like from talking to you for the last hour, that's who you are. Like you're there to obviously have fun and learn. Yeah. And obviously the opportunity to go back on set is fun, but at the same sense, you put that other hat on of like soaking it all in. This is a moment that you never know what's going to happen again. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you had the opportunity to be able to like see these people work and see how they make choices and Mm -hmm. just the little nuances that you can take what you like and adapt it to the way you do it when you arrive on set. 100%. 100%. And so that was a, Excuse me. That was a really cool, again, another really cool experience. Um, just seeing how they kind of worked, as well as you know, just seeing the, the talent that was that was on the screen and also behind the screen too. Um, so yeah, it was it was just it was amazing. It was it was truly again another amazing experience. And, uh, a lot of amazing experiences. That's awesome, Lyndon. What mm-hmm. one question I always like to ask people because because you started doing this so young you you fell in love with it Mm -hmm. this is what you were like meant to do but uh if you weren't to do this was there any other avenues like along the way you know your kid being a kid was there any other career paths that you thought about i mean it was funny i mean if i wasn't if i wasn't a little person i would i would probably be a professional athlete of some of some sorts for sure I absolutely love sports, uh, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think I would have definitely went kind of that route when I was a kid. Probably like hockey. what's your favorite sport? Probably like hockey. Or, or, yeah. Well, I think you have to say that yeah. legally. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to say that if you said like basketball or football, they might they might football, deport you. Yeah, football too. <laughs> football, football, or even even baseball. Uh, my dad was uh, back in the day. Was a uh, was a pretty good pitcher, and he got scouted by actually uh, a team. So that's cool. I think he got scouted by like the Braves or something like that. Like it's, it's <laughs> like, but I mean, and then he he ended up giving baseball up and getting a job because his his pops at the time was really into hockey, um, and didn't really care too much about baseball. But you know, he could have done something. <laughs> maybe you know, who's to say? But with baseball yeah. or whatnot, so. But yeah, so he he always tells me that story and kind of says, "Gosh, if I would have looked back and do that, like I'm like, yeah, pops, you could have maybe done something with that for sure, but you didn't, so you know, let it go, <laughs> right?" <laughs> no, you tell him. No. And uh, another question I like to ask, especially with all the roles, like especially being a, a young kid, you're in the moment, you know, like mcdonald's like there's only you're being a kid you know Mm -hmm. did you ever keep any mementos over the years from any of your sets like early on like scripts or wardrobe or anything like that yeah so um back in the day for i think it really started i guess with the little man um of things that i that i kind of kept slash that the costumes actually made me which was incredible to even think about as well um they made and I think it was in this in the actual movie as well, but like a like a leather jacket, like a like a like a yeah. made me like a leather jacket, um, made me kind of like a leather jacket plus like a, a sweater kind of thing as well. I ended up seeing that 
when I was back at home for Christmas, and it had um, had like a star on it on the on the in the very back, and then it had over top of it uh, it was a it was a red star, and then over top of it was like the Little Man logo in blue, and um, I was like, damn, I need to get that over here and put it in like a frame or something. Yeah, you got to do that. So I gotta I gotta do that. Um, that's kind of. What else do I? Have? Like Leprechaun? Did you keep anything from Leprechaun scripts or anything like I got, that? So I, I still have my original script that I that I That's used, cool. uh, with all my notes and tags and all that kind of stuff on it. So eventually, I think uh, I want to give it uh, um, you know, give it away or sell it. Or, or what I would love to do uh, in the future, which is kind of way, way, way down the line when I get kind of even done with acting is is probably sell it to the highest bidder and then donate that money to charity or something like that is what i would love to do so um what a good guy man <laughs> no nah, it's just that's great just certain things that you know you you think about down the line that you if you have the opportunity then you know to to do that so um yeah that's kind of what i would love to do uh, eventually with with, with that well, you're young. You have a lot more. Uh, you have a lot more acting to do. Yes, yes. Hope so. I hope so. But I no. I actually have. So with the script, I also have. So the actual one of the dolls, uh, that they made for that they have in the in the actual movie. I got to keep, yeah yeah. Got to keep one of those. So I want to also frame that and put that into like a kind of a, an all glass, um, box. And, and put that up somewhere and eventually. So that's about it. And then, I mean, really what's really cool is I'm going to these conventions now and, and talking to these fans, and that's kind of changed my life again for the, for the better as well, um, just giving back to them. And they end up coming and, and giving me new things every time um, and creating different stuff, which is just just super cool to see, to even them consider it of giving me something. Um, so uh, that's 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 pretty cool as well. Yeah, the cons are cool. Like what we were talking about earlier, like like theater, like theater is great. Yeah. But the the one thing that's great, obviously, like the ensemble, you're getting together for to rehearse like hardcore for like three, four weeks. And then you're performing, you know, two nights a week for three, four weeks. But that's cool because you get that instant gratification. Yeah. On the other hand, you're filming something. You're like, Oh my God, this scene's going to kill. And it's great on set. Again, obviously the crew give reactions. People could clap, say that's great right afterwards, which is so cool. It's your contemporaries. But if you, unless you're sitting in the back of a movie theater, you're never going to know how much people admire something you did. Yeah. So I think these cons are really great for, for everyone, but I think it's great for the people that were in films in the seventies, eighties and nineties yeah. because people that made movies back then really thought nobody's well, people are going to see it. That's going to be gone forever. Nobody thought about streaming or no. even the concept of like video stores. Like some people didn't really even think about that mm-hmm. in the seventies because it wasn't a concept, but it's cool when I interview those people and they go, Oh my God, this person told me like this movie helped them through some terrible times in their life because they can just sit and escape for 90 minutes. Yeah. Cause that's what movies are. Yeah. You want to escape. You want to forget about all the things in your life. So it's cool that you have the opportunity to go to those because I think they're good for everyone involved. Yeah. 
no, absolutely. It's it's and that's the thing too that well before COVID, like I think it was actually in twenty nineteen, I believe, that I did my first one, um, ever, um, in, out in uh, actually in the New Jersey Horror Con in uh, Atlantic City. There. Um, oh, cool! Nice. It was that's a good one. Yeah, it's it was an absolute blast. Uh, probably one of the best times I've had at a convention, and that was my first one too. So, um, and 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 Ryan there, the guy who holds it, he's he's a he's a great guy as well. Nice. Um, they got to get you back. They got to bring you back. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, I would absolutely love to come back. But uh, yeah, no, that was the first one. So I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't have necessarily any of like the leprechaun pictures at the time because I didn't know what I was allowed to, to have there to give to these fans or, or whatnot. So they were absolutely amazing and helped me out with that. And they ended up having giving me a, a poster um, as well. So, oh, cool. Like a ban- banner, yeah. Banner. And I, because I, I didn't have anything. I literally had nothing. I came with headshots and I said, here you go. Here's some headshots. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. I'm like, okay, apologies. But uh, um, <laughs> I know now. Uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. It was just a, it was just a great time and, and seeing those fans. And I really, truly, and I say this uh, all the time, but I truly mean it as well, is that I really believe that horror fans are the best fans in the entire world. There's no, yeah. there's no question that there's any better fans. Because people can say that they're better fans, but in the deep down, they know that they're wrong. They're just, it, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're wrong. I'm gonna say it. I'm, they're wrong. Horror fans are wrong. <laughs> I agree, Lyndon. This has been awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. And uh, you're great, man. I know I'm getting to this point in my life because I'm 36. But, and obviously Lyndon's younger, 10 years younger than me, but man, such, so much energy, man. I love that guy. I really, I root for so many people I talk to, obviously I root for, but just his energy and his passion for what he does. I hope they do another, you know, leprechaun. I hope he is the leprechaun and I can just hope he gets so many other roles. Like his story about nightmare alley, like he was there obviously be like, cool just being on a movie set, but he was there to study. He was there to learn when he had the opportunity in Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley that, hey, you know what? I could pick up a lot of tidbits here. And that's why people like him succeed, and I know he's going to succeed. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Lyndon. I had a blast. Thanks so much for taking the time. Now, your homework, Leprechaun Returns. Like I said, the direct sequel to the original. And the great, great, hopefully future guest, Mark Holton, is back in it. And... It was. I watched a lot of it. It was pretty fun. Uh, Lending crushes it. So, yeah. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only, and don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night, guys.